Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Backblaze Online Backup. It's a simple way to back up all your movies, photos, music, videos, and all of the data just for $5 a month. It's simple, and you can access all your data online from wherever you are. Try it absolutely free by going to backblaze.com slash cpc. That's B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E dot com slash cpc. If you need me to spell cpc, man, you're in trouble. Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, Comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories With everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, Maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric Arnault, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast with part two of our sixth annual Fan Fiction February celebration. This time, we're spotlighting our special guest for the evening with a closing story from Danny Chapman, Ali Lefevre, and Lindsay Rush from the incredible Potterotica podcast. We've also got hilarious, sexy, and or horrifying fan fiction pieces starring some unlikely subjects from show friends Logan Dean and Marnie Thompson, and music from myself, Katie Johnston-Smith, and Dwight Hassler. Now, we've got a couple pretty big shows coming up in March and April. I'll be plugging one of them super hard on next week's episode, so make sure you come back for a sweet tease of our 8th anniversary party and album release show, which is on Saturday, March 10th, and go ahead and save the date for that. Um, I'll say more about our March Your Stories next week, too, but it is shaping up to be pretty rad. In the meantime, of course, you've got this incredible night of fan fiction I don't want to detract from, so uh, hit up nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash nerdalogs for info on our shows, and hey, enjoy the heck out of some fan fiction. Maybe enjoy this one not in a public place, and uh, wands up. This is a song that Sia wrote, and you can tell Sia wrote it, but she didn't sing it. Rihanna sang it. Rihanna sang it. What? Here's my fun fact about Rihanna. Do you know who Rihanna's touring guitar player was for, I think still is actually. No. Uh, Nuno Betancourt from Extreme, which is so cool. I just saw her on SNL one day and the dude in back was like, that's the guy from More Than Words. And then I looked up videos and like he goes all metal during her shows. Anyway, cool. Rihanna's cool, guys. Yeah, I've also heard she's a very nice person. Oh. So that's nice too. <laughs> yeah. This song isn't metal though. No. All right. Shining bright like a diamond 
things in the sky. Could you guys tell that was the Sia song? Yeah. I could. Uh, Sia also, so have you guys seen the South Park where Randy is Lord? Um, Sia did all the Lord songs on those episodes. So clearly she has a pretty good sense of humor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great season. So let's get some more storytellers up here, starting with this gentleman is a longtime friend of the show. He performed at our best of uh, year end 2017 episode a couple months ago. He is um, the dungeon master of a forthcoming D&D podcast that's going to be recording. Are they either last Saturday or this coming Saturday? They're recording for their first time. That's pretty cool. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Logan Dean. <laughs> Uh, so usually I write stories about uh, a beleaguered Orson Welles trying to uh, safeguard treasures, uh, but it went a bit out of my wheelhouse on this one. So <clears throat> the following was found in the spam folder of one Walter Jensen, woltorb.jensen at gmail.com, with the subject heading, Great Hotel Deals. <laughs> I opened my eyes. White light filling the room from a window I can't see. The first thought I have is, I'm thirsty. The second thought I have is, this is not where I went to bed last night. The third thought I have is, where's my daughter? I open my mouth to yell, but no sound escapes. I try to scream, nothing. I get off the bed to find myself standing not in a bright room, but a void, filled with white light. Brightness hinders my thoughts in my head. I need to stay focused. Where's Emily? How did I get here? Piece it together. Last night, we were, we were in Omaha. Yes, yes, Omaha on our way to St. Louis. I booked a room at the rest station when it looked like it was going to get dark before we made it. I used one of those sites uh, list the deals. What was it? I opened my mouth to yell, and all that comes out is, Travago. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, there was a break in the brightness, a window. I head toward it, trying to yell, Emily! But all I say is, Trivago! <laughs> I come up to the window. There's a couple on the other side. I try to get their attention, clue them in on my plight. Help! My daughter is missing! I don't know where I am! I frantically scream. Have you ever looked for a hotel online? I hear myself casually say as images of hotels flash around me. Did you notice there's so many different prices for the exact same room? <laughs> Numbers form and cascade into nothingness beside my arms. <laughs> Travago does the work for you, comparing prices for over 600,000 hotels and over 100 websites. I can feel, feel the tears swelling up in the back of my eyes. <laughs> Instead of searching for hours and spending too much, Travago makes it easy to find the ideal hotel for the right price. Just go to Travago.com, type in where you want to go. I'm physically shaking, but my body betrays none of this to the couple, now looking bored in front of me. A calendar appears. And with two clicks, select your check-in and check-out dates and search. My hand, under no volition of my own, presses a large search button that has appeared. It's that simple. Images of hotels fly around me for a brief second. I see the room I fell asleep in. Asleep in. Emily is there. She looks afraid. Trivago searches hundreds of websites at the same time and shows you the most popular hotels. Now there's a slider. My hand moves towards it. You can adjust the price so it fits in with your budget. Select the number of stars, I choose four. <laughs> or, 
are filtered by average guest rating from over 34 million reviews. I can feel my bowels loose as I say this. <laughs> Remember, Trivago shows you all the different prices for the exact same room. That's how you can be sure you found the ideal hotel for the best price with Trivago.com. As I begin to walk away, I hear my own voice boom in the void. Hotel? Trivago. <laughs> the window closes and I collapse, weeping to what I suppose counts as the ground in this place. I mutter Emily over and over again, but all I hear is, Trivago, Trivago, <laughs> And then, blackness. I open my eyes, brightness. My first thought is Emily. Then I remember where I am, and I sigh, Trivago. <laughs> I don't know how long I've been here. I lost count after a hundred or so mornings. Every day is the same. I open my eyes, I see the window, my body is not my own for 30 to 60 seconds. I collapse. Blackness. I open my eyes. Hundreds of times. Sometimes it changes. I wake in a chair. I wake and I'm already standing. Once I woke up and I was in the hotel in Omaha, but Emily wasn't there. She's never there. I thought I saw her through the window a few times back. It looked like a train platform. Lots of people. None of them paying attention to me. It wasn't her. The only thing I have is my thoughts. If I'm here, where's Emily? Was it the room? The website? How do I get out of here? During the last window, before it shut and went to black, I had a phone. I held it, I held it up to show how easy it was to use the Trivago app to book from anywhere. <laughs> I used all my willpower and strength to hold onto that phone. The window shut, I collapsed, but I had the phone. The world around me went to black and I woke, I still had the phone. I slipped it into my pocket and went on with my day. In the split seconds I've had between darkness and light, I've been composing this. I don't even know if this will work. I just need something to hold on to, any kind of hope. Please, if you're reading this, you need to find Emily Williams. She is my daughter, and she is all alone. I don't know how much time has passed outside, but we have checked into a Doubletree Suites, room 1215, in Omaha, Nebraska, on May 11, 2013. Please, I need to know I didn't abandon her. I need her to know that she can search hundreds of hotels instantly with one click using Travago.com, 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 Travago.com. Blackness. That was really creepy. Was anyone else creeped out by that? I hope all you marketing people out there were taking notes. <laughs> That's what it feels like to get... Man, why do I get, like, um, like Fridays at, like, 5.30 p.m., I'll get, like, marketing emails from, like, Sears or, like, some air... air like, who is... Who, like, just gets off of work and, like, you know what? Sears. That's where I'm going. I'm not a stand-up. This is just my humorous observation on society. Uh, so, speaking of marketing people, coming up next, we have a professional. We also, I know, sorry, Chelsea. They're everywhere. Um, also, she just reminded me that five years ago, uh, at our very first fan fiction show, so 2013, um, that was one of her first ever Your Stories, and we performed Call Me Maybe together. I, I don't exactly remember what the context of that was, but it was really special. She played the viola. It was real cool. Anyway, please welcome Marnie Thompson. Yeah! I was under the impression there was going to be a lot more erotica before me. So. <laughs> um, to give a little backstory, so I wrote this story uh, maybe about halfway through high school when I was at an all-girls summer camp way up in northern Michigan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Cosmo Magazine... Uh, was something that we read a lot because it was kind of contraband. Um, but like when we would go into town, we'd be like, "Oh, what's the newest Cosmo? Let's pick it up and like take it back to the cabin." 
Um, so we got a lot of really bad sex advice in that. But there was also all the letters to the editor that were, I'm pretty sure this isn't true, but I don't know enough about sex to combat it. So <laughs> I'll just go with it and think that that's how things happen. <laughs> so here we go. Oh, the other inspiration was uh, Wayne's World 2, which I watched on the way up there. Garth's <laughs> <laughs> girlfriend. So yeah, it's kind of a fan fiction about Garth's girlfriend, Honey. Okay, once upon a time, there was a famous magazine editor called Honey Hornet. She worked for Cosmo, did the sex articles. This has not been edited since I was like 15 years old. And really- <laughs> Cut version. All right. Uh, this job also included collecting the letters of new positions that readers submitted. To do her job correctly, she had to try each position and make sure it worked before she put it in the mag. Because if it didn't work or was impossible to do, then the readers that tried it could hurt themselves. <laughs> One day, there was a huge pile of mail for Honey. She thought, wow, I'll be busy for the next few days. <laughs> Uh, she opened a letter that had no return address and simply said, Honey Hornet, Cosmo, typed on the front. Mysterious. She opened it. It read, Dear Honey, I read every issue of Cosmo because I want to know how to be great in bed. I'm single and would love to be the expert. You. Sincerely, a male admirer. I left the phone number. <laughs> when Honey got home to her penthouse apartment in downtown the number. It rang twice, and a deep voice answered, Hello? <laughs> Hi, said Honey, cool and calm. This is Honey from Cosmo. You wrote me a letter? Oh, yes, he answered. So, who are you? She asked. Well, my name is Seymour Pesce. Washington, 7 o'clock. Okay, she said. I'll see you then. The next night. It was 6.45 and Honey was walking towards Fifth Avenue, wearing a short black flowing skirt and a tight legly top with the top three buttons undone, exposing the perfect amount of cleavage. <laughs> On her feet, she wore closed-toed shoes with an ankle strap and four-inch heels. Her blonde hair was down and fluffed. She waited and suddenly a man appeared. He was tall, with dark hair brushed to the side. His tan skin was flawless, dark hazel eyes and square jaw. He looked as if he just walked out of a GQ photo shoot. Seymour? She asked breathlessly. <laughs> Who's that? He said and kept on walking. Oh. <laughs> oh, she said embarrassed. Honey, it's me, Seymour. She turned around <laughs> and saw the guy she was, she was to bang with. So, quick break, the 
inspiration here came from a prop that my brother brought with me when he was going to boys camp. Okay, he was a skinny guy with pale skin. Although his face is fairly attractive, what really shocked her was that he had no legs or arms. Instead, he had appendages he fashioned out of plastic Halloween skeleton claw grabbers. I know everything. Uh, Seymour, honey, said, seeing a taxi, it was great meeting you, but I've got to go. Bye! And jumped into the taxi. No, honey, come back, he yelled, and sped down the street as fast as his motorized rascal scooter went. (laughs) 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 Honey back to the rear window in time to see Seymour Pussay be run over by a speeding trolley. She found herself stripped naked and hands tied to the bedpost with big velvet ropes. Yeah. <laughs> the man played very white softly and lit the fireplace. I thought this is really romantic when I was sister. Uh, he slowly took off his shirt and belt and got on the bed. Soon they were both panting. The man untied Honey. She found that her wrists were very sore, but it didn't matter. Because the man flipped her over on her stomach and slid her to the back of the bed. He pushed in and pulled out a few times. Oh, she wasn't. She then decided to use her favorite move, the diamond. How do you maneuver the man to the center of the bed on his back? She gave him a quick hand to make sure he stayed hard for it. Then she got her knees trailing. And lowered herself onto his stiff pants. She moved her hips around in the diamond shape, making sure it hit her G spot enough times. (laughs) She 
owed about five times the entire night. The man had about 15. She was that <laughs> There was no doubt that he was very experienced, but so was she, which made it even better. The next morning, she woke up at the breakfast in bed. The man smiled and kissed her. Good morning. Who are you? She asked. Unimportant. I'm a producer for adult movies, though, and I'd love to have you perform with me. Well, then I guess it'll be business doing pleasure with you. I was in tears for some of that. Um, clearly, at least Joe was very aroused. <laughs> we didn't know that diamonds would come up when we picked our songs, but... That was very frustrating about <laughs> Oh, oh my. Well, I hope everyone's pump is primed now for our final act of the evening. So who here has heard of Paterotica? Yeah. So uh, they, they, I mean, you get what it is from the name. We all understand what Paterotica is. You can find them at podcast.com. One time I accidentally walked in on them recording uh, which sounds way filthier because, like, they keep their clothes on when they record, at least for the part that I saw. Um, anyway, I don't know, even know why I just said that right now, but please welcome <laughs> from Potterotica, Lindsay Rush, Danny Chapman, and Ali LaFever. Oh, wow. That was so amazing. Are you pregnant? The werewolf's piercing blue eyes are glued to the wizard's flat, sweater-covered abdomen, as if they can actually see the growing child in Harry's body. A deeply pleased satisfaction settles in Fenrir as his inner wolf preens at the state of events. The creature is already imagining the slim wizard round with his cub. It takes every ounce of restraint the man has to resist pulling Harry into his lap and rubbing his hands over the wizard's belly. (laughs) Yeah, I am, apparently, begins Harry, as he takes a seat on the edge of the coffee table in front of the alpha wolf. Male pregnancies are really rare. (laughs) Even for wizards, but they can happen. Something about synchronized magical cores or something. Hermione can explain it loads better. Anyway, I came here because I wanted to let you know, in person, that I'm pregnant, it's yours, and I'm keeping this baby. So, yeah, that's not the Harry Potter that we grew up reading. Um, It was actually a selection from Wizards and Werewolves, Don't Mix, a story by Renka Wrights. And it's the type of story that we read um, called erotic uh, Harry Potter fan fiction, or as we have portmanteaued, Potterotica. Each week we read uh, a chapter from author-approved fanfic and add our own twist to it. I'm Danny, this is Lindsay and Allie, and uh, yeah, so we're going to tell you about how it's it's impacted our lives. So, um, we obviously each discovered the OG franchise in a totally different and more innocent way, Um, (laughs) I think. Um, (laughs) For some of us, we were preteens who, like, you know, had the books arrive at their door and dressed up for the movies. Um, some of us discovered it in their 20s and got to be the really cool girl at parties who was like, do you guys want to talk about wizards? Um, and I sort of fall somewhere in between. But one thing that we all have in common is that we never thought, like, when we were all grown up and they were all grown up, that this would, Harry Potter would, like, take back over our lives. Yeah. Because it has. Yeah. 
Since launching the Potterotica podcast, we've released over 69 episodes. Nice! Featuring, featuring stories where Draco is a stripper, Snape and Hermione get it on in the prefect's bathroom, the Marauders have an orgy, and Ron and Pansy have a secret love affair, and so much more than you would ever want to imagine. Basically, if you can fantasize about it or never, ever, ever want to hear about it, ever, <laughs> there is an erotic story that exists. Um, we've been featured as a, a top 40 comedy podcast on iTunes. We've had some awesome press. Thank you. <laughs> One long clap. We've had some awesome press. We've hosted live events, and we've created um, a group called, we call the Potterotics, which are our uh, most enthusiastic fans. <laughs> so basically, Harry Potter has literally taken over every single aspect of our lives. <laughs> but this time, in a totally different way. So we used to daydream about what chocolate frogs tasted like, and now we wonder what certain characters taste like. <laughs> Instead of being mad that Umbridge was so rough on the students, we wonder, well, what would it be like if she got a little rough with us? <laughs> And it's led to one of our favorite pastimes, which is we're constantly brainstorming ways to mix the magical and the sexy. So, for example, we had a great brainstorm around magical strip clubs. Uh, some of the winners were the Naughty Broomstick, Azkabuns, the Magic Snatch, Hit It and Quidditch, and of course, Honey Dicks. <laughs> Last time I opened my notes app on my phone, I saw my brainstorm for Harry Potter themed DJ names. Uh, so <laughs> the list was quite extensive, but uh, here are some of the fan favorites Remix Lupin, DJ Ride the Flit Whip, Treble Lonnie, Hippo Riff, and I don't even know why I wrote this down, but Techno Malfoy. <laughs> And of course, we name our episodes punny and porny as well, because of course. Um, my favorites are Finger Blast from the Past, <laughs> um, Hermione's First D, yeah. 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 Um, He Who Must Not Be That Into You, <laughs> and Masturbation Manage. <laughs> our brains are always thinking about sexy Harry Potter puns, and it is taking over our life. Okay, so the way that um, erotic Harry Potter fanfiction has personally affected my life um, <laughs> is in my dating life. So I'm the only one that's single of the three of us. So I have the unique challenge of trying to figure out when in the dating process do you tell someone that you host a sexy Harry Potter podcast, right? I know everyone has that question. When do I tell them? Um, so through some trial and error, I made a rule for myself last year that I don't Potterotica on the first date. Just because, not because I'm not proud of what we do, I love it, but it's just first impressions are very delicate, right? So in, in the past, it's either gone terribly, as you can imagine, or it's gone too well, <laughs> and then you're like, ugh. Um, and so in the terrible, it's like they don't read Harry Potter, or they just think it's really weird, and then you're forever the horny Harry Potter girl. Like, that's their first impression of you, despite what else we have in common. And I know this to be true because... Um, last, no, a couple years ago, I went on a first date with a guy who told me about, um, that the only holiday he celebrates is Groundhog's Day. And he like got emotional about it. Anyway, I don't remember his name. I don't remember what he did for a living. I just remember that he wrote his friends and family meaningful letters on Groundhog's Day. So who knows what we would have had. So first impressions are crucial. And then on the other hand, if it goes too well, you know that they've like gone home from the first date and are like, downloading your erotic podcast 
and listening to you and then they like know things that they shouldn't know yet. Anyway, so I've kept that rule until a few weeks ago. I went on a first date with this guy. This is really short. Um, I went on a first date with this guy and ended up telling him all about the podcast. I ended up giving him like a sticker. It was like, it was fine. He was into it. One man marketing team right here. <laughs> one by one. This is how we're getting listeners. Um, anyway, he texted me a few days later that his boss had seen the sticker and listened to the podcast. And so then they had this great moment. Anyway, fast forward to now, that man is now my husband. <laughs> we haven't come out again. Weird. Um, but it's... <laughs> I'm like, this went well. And he's like, bitch. Um, but I did decide that I think it's actually a good litmus test on like, does someone share my sense of humor? Are they sort of down to clown? Are they weird? Um, and so now it's on one of my dating profiles. And this is my, my new saying is if you can't handle me at my Ron Weasley going down on Pansy Parkinson in the Great Hall, then you don't deserve me at my best. But those are the same thing. That's also my best. More than these two, I've fallen deep down the paterotica rabbit hole. Have you read a 900,000-word story where Hermione time turns back 20 years to grow up with the Marauders and fall in love with Sirius Black? Because I have. <laughs> have you stayed up until 5 a.m. for a week straight reading about Draco rejecting his pure blood Death Eater status only to join forces with good and save the Wizarding World? I have. <laughs> Have you been so turned on by Remus Lupin werewolf sex that you actually woke your husband up in the middle of the night? Hi, honey. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have read over a hundred... Oh, so embarrassing. I've embarrassingly read over 140 fanfics in the last year. This year. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> some one-chapter quick stories, some literally epic length novels that are longer than the entire... Harry Potter series combined. I even pretended I was sleeping one time because he was getting up for work and I was so embarrassed that I was still up reading that I pretended I was asleep. He left for work and I rolled back over and I kept going. I actually, I also wrote my very first comedy steamy fanfic starring our very own Danny Chapman and, and Hogwarts, uh, very own sex kitten, Professor McGonagall, and the story is called The Naughty Hufflepuff. It's my ringtone. <laughs> I listen to it all the time. Um, for me, Potterotica is all about the fans. So as Ali mentioned, we've got this great community of Potterotics. We're almost 1,500 strong, which is crazy. Um, and, and the people on our Facebook group um, are more than just fans of the pod. They have created such an incredible community. They know each other. They know when things are good and when things are bad. You know, people send prayers. I think in, in the normal Harry Potter world, one's up means like, I'm thinking of you. For us, it means an erection. So it gets weird there, but, um, but they even create things together. So, um, we have marketing stat is 95% engagement, which is nuts. It, it ad, ends up being almost 70,000 comments, posts, and reactions a month. And people are just all in on this. Um, but what's been incredible is that they've actually branched off from the group that we've created to create more groups. Right. Our franchise. It's our franchises. Pyramid <laughs> So we've got, um, in addition to the Potterotics group, we've got the Plug Club, which is a group for fan fiction readers, and the Golden Stitch for um, erotic crafters. <laughs> so I knew... So many of those. So many. Um, so for me, I knew I was in way too deep. 
after spending a hundred dollars and fifteen hours building a box that looks like a couch, it's a joke from the pod that I was sending to my secret Cupid, uh, this girl who lives in North Dakota, who I've never met and probably never will, and I was manically sewing this couch together for the secret Cupid. So um, so it's all, you know, I'm obsessed with it as much as they are, and uh, you do crazy things for podcasts about sex. <laughs> Turns out what started as a ridiculous comedy project has turned out to be so much more. We never thought that reading about Voldemort getting seduced by Slytherins at a strip club, Crab and Goyle, that's actually a real story. So hot. <laughs> so yeah. sexy. Would have created what it has. I mean, it has helped kindle people's sex lives. It has formed friendships. And it is, it's helping everyone to re-celebrate a series that we all love and they all love. So the last thing we'll say um, is basically, yeah, we didn't expect to take over our lives, and it's impacted theirs, and if you hadn't thought about Harry Potter in this way, I can promise you will never see or think of him the same again. So you're welcome. What's up? Yeah, thank you, Lindsay, Allie, and Danny from Potterotica. Hey. Put it together from PotterOticaPodcast.com. That was great. That actually, that was my introduction to Harry Potter. I was very disappointed when I read the books. <laughs> JK, wouldn't that be funny though? Have you met anybody who like, you, they hear your podcast before they read the books? Is yeah. that, yeah? Yeah, there are people who say that. Whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> but like you knew, like... You had an idea of what Harry Potter was. I guess probably everybody does. Anyway, let's get Dwight and Katie back up here, huh? Boy, this was a really fun night. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you, Logan Theater. Thank you, Potterotica, and everyone who told the story. Uh, this song um, was uh, written by Jesse J uh, for Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all help us sing along on this, please. <laughs> also, my favorite thing about this song, it's Party in the USA, it's a great song. Um, my favorite thing about this song is this is the song Miley Cyrus chose to sing for the Queen of England when she had an audience with the Queen. <laughs> well, does the Queen know what it's like to party in the USA? I think she probably does. Well, she does now, that's for nah. sure.
This has been an Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.